The Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston, and uh, I am live on Facebook as well as here on the podcast as well as the live radio. Uh, we've got a pretty interesting topic coming up, but before I uh, I announce what we're going to do, which you already know if you've followed my Facebook page, is last week the audio did not come out very, very well. I, I, it's kind of funny. I made a mistake. You know, when, when you set up the audio, I, my actual webcam that I use on Facebook has a built-in microphone. Well, it to me I was actually using that microphone, and since that microphone's sitting way up on top of my computer here, uh, it didn't work so well. So I've just, I want to double check one more time why here just make sure that we got all the microphones set up uh if you can hear me fine uh give me a thumbs up uh, send me a message send me an email uh or or whatever let me give you the call in number it is 323-870-3968 and you want to make sure you jot that down because i'm going to be giving away one of my brand new stain removal kits which brings me to tonight's topic which was last week's topic but it's this week's topic because the microphone is now fixed and that is the secrets to stain removal so uh, I, as some of you know, I posted uh, my free stain removal uh, article. Uh, anybody wants a copy of that, they can just simply send me an email. It's fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. And we're first going to go over some basic stain removal uh, techniques. And these were actually outlined in my book that I wrote, actually the first book uh, that I ever wrote on stain removal back in, oh God, I think it was like 1995, 94, uh, somewhere around there. But uh it's still it's still modern today. A lot of the techniques that I've I've used back then uh, we're still using today, uh, which brings me to poulticing. So before we get into into what a poultice is and exactly what a poultice does, let me first clarify one thing. Stain removal, even though we're going to talk a lot of science about how to remove these stains, is not an exact science. There's going to be situations that you're going to run into where you're going to have a stain and you have no idea what it is. Uh, you use a poultice on it. You use some of the stain removal techniques that I'm going to uh, talk about here today. And while and behold, it doesn't come out. Well, I mean, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a little bit of detail here and what to do in those situations. But, you know, briefly that not all stains are going to come out. A good majority of them will come out if you, if you, you know, you're doing this properly, but uh, uh, not all of them will come out. So, First, let's talk about stains in general, you know, exactly, because uh, a lot of people, you know, I, I, get, I used to get calls all the time as a contractor, you know, I've got this uh, this stain on my countertop, I'd go out, I'd take a look at it, and lo and behold, it's not a stain. So we'll, we'll talk about what are not stains in a minute, but let's first talk about what a stain is, and probably the best way 
uh, to understand stains and eventually understand stain removal is think of a piece of stone, a concrete, a brick, anything that's got any kind of porosity to it as nothing more than a sponge. Okay, so now let's take that sponge and let's take a something like a Kool-Aid, for example. We pour the Kool-Aid on there. What happens? The Kool-Aid, the sponge is going to soak up all the Kool-Aid. The water from the Kool-Aid is going to evaporate away and you're going to be left with a dye. And that's how stains occur. Stains occur by the dyes that are in whatever we're dealing with, whether it's you know Kool-Aid, ketchup, wine, uh, if it's a metal-based stain, uh, oil. Uh, oil is the oil actually being trapped inside. So that's what a stain is. In order to remove that stain, we have to somehow go in there and react that staining material with some kind of liquid, a solvent, if you will, whether that be water or some kind of non-water type solvent, and then suck it back out. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about that process. And then I'm going to give you some of the tricks that I have used over the years, as well as some of the issues that you're going to run into uh, when actually using, using a poultice. At the very end of this segment, uh, if you're listening, I'm going to be telling you how you can get the three chemicals, the only three chemicals that you will ever need for mostly any stains uh, that are out there. So let's dive right in. But before we do, let me give out the phone number one more time. If you're listening live, it's 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. So now what I'm about to discuss is, is, is a highlight of uh, a, a course that I just put together that you can check out over at Surfaces, S-U-R-P-H-A-C-E-S.com. Just click up the learn, it's the e-learning on the, on the top when you log on to that website. Uh, if you want, again, send me an email and I'll actually send you the link to that course. It's an e-learning course. Uh, self-guided. It's, it's pretty interesting. I put a lot, a lot of effort and a lot of work into it. So if you want that course, again, send me an email at Houston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. And of course, if you have any questions during the show, I'll give the number out one more time in case you didn't have time to grab that pen or pencil. And that's 323-870-3968. So let's talk about the art of stain removal. The number one rule, if you don't remember anything of what I've what I've discussed here on this podcast and the e-learning class and the book, remember this. The number one rule to be successful at removing any stain, and I guess this would apply to, to other things other than, than, uh, than stone and brick and concrete as well, is know what the stain is. Determine what it is that the stain is. Because, you know, you carpet guys know that if you take a stain and you use the wrong chemical on it, you can actually set the stain in the fiber. Well, the same thing can happen with stone, brick, and concrete. You can actually set the stain, make the stain worse, and or, or, or worse than worse, is actually make that stain permanent. So you want to be really careful. So helping to identify the stain. And we're gonna we're gonna look at that. Let, let's look at how do you know that? Well, the first thing to do is if you're dealing with a customer, is to ask. You know, what, how did that stain get there? They may know, well, you know, little Johnny was running across the floor and he, he spilt his Kool-Aid. Or, you know, if the stain's in front of a refrigerator and it's red, it might be ketchup, tomato sauce, something that's some kind of organic stain uh, that, that's red in the refrigerator. The size of the stain is important. Uh, this can tell you uh, not only size, but also the pattern. Uh, you know, if you're in a, a hotel lobby and you see a, a brownish stain across a white marble floor and it's going from, say, 
the, the back door all the way around the back door to the elevators. Well, it may be that uh, when they were cleaning out the coffee pot, the grounds were in the bag. It leaked, and they're actually dripping that. So really important. If it's a big oil stain, uh, I had this happen to me many years ago where they had this big, huge oil stain in a in a mall, and they didn't know how it got there. Well, I went in there one night at midnight uh, talking to a security guard. And he told me they were changing the light bulb. So they would bring out this forklift or scissor jack, and it was it was leaking hydraulic oil all over the floor. Bingo. I was able to identify the stain, and, and I was able to choose the right chemicals, the right types of poulticing in order to, to, to pull that out. So thirdly then, okay, number one was the stain itself. Number two was the age of the stain. Uh, number three was the size of the stain. So I should say number four is the proper selection of your chemicals or, re or reagents. And I've already highlighted why that's so important. The wrong chemical will either do nothing or worse yet, actually set the stain and make it permanent. So it's extreme, extremely important. So we want to identify the stain. Let's hop back a minute and talk about what's not a stain. And this oftentimes, especially for people who aren't familiar with the, with the stone and tile industry, uh, are often perplexed or confused on exactly what, you know, what is not a stain. And so here's some of the things that are not stains. Water spots. Water spots are not stains. Water spots basically are the remnants of the water once it evaporates away. You know, most water, tap water especially, has minerals in it. So if you you actually took some water out of your tap, out of your sink, let it sit on top of the surface of your countertop and let the water evaporate away, you'd end up with a little little residue there. Those are the minerals that are in the water. That's what water spots are caused by. It could be from a glass that's set on the countertop where the water has collected around the rim of the glass and you'll get those little rings that occur. Those are not stains. Those are water spots and there's ways of taking them out. The second is efflorescence. Now, let me explain a little bit what that what that word means. Efflorescence occurs a lot on on flooring, especially stone flooring, uh, brick walls, uh, even on concrete uh, concrete slabs. And this is where, when the when the when the stone or the slab gets wet, it dissolves the salts in the setting bed, in the ground in the stone or brick or concrete itself. And that comes to the surface, it rises to the surface and deposits on the surface as a, some, uh, mostly a white powder. It can be any color actually, but the, the most common type of efflorescence is white. True efflorescence can be easily wiped away. Just take a rag and wipe it away. That is not a stain. And actually, I think we've talked about that on many of our other, other, other podcasts. Okay, so what's next? Once we, oh, and I almost forgot two others. And that is what we call stun marks. What stun marks are, and this occurs a lot on, on white marbles, uh, marbles like that are called Bardiglio, white Carrara. If you're not familiar with those, that's fine, not, not a problem. Uh, but those marbles will actually get these little white marks, little white dots, and they occur a lot in office buildings where women are wearing high heels and they're walking across the floor. They'll actually leave little marks in the stone. These little dots are called stun marks which are actually the explosion of the crystal within the stone. And as wide as they are, they're probably as deep, if not deeper. So you guys that are thinking, well, I'll just grind them out and, uh, you know, be done with it. Uh, most of the time they will not grind out. If they're very light, they might, but I would never tell my customer that these stun marks will grind out. And fortunately they don't occur on every type of, uh, every type of marble, but they do occur on, on a lot of the white type, white type marbles. And then probably the number one non-stain that people consider stains is wet stone. 
uh, a lot of times, uh, well, not almost all the time, when stone gets wet, it becomes darker. So you could end up with a, a white marble if we're going to use that example. And if it gets water on it, it's going to be dark. It's going to be uh, much darker than, than the normal marble. And you'll get a call. Oh, my God, I've got a stain. It's not a stain. It's a wet stone. How do you tell the difference between a stain and a wet stone? You take out an old handy moisture meter. You can buy these meters pretty reasonably at a lot of the big box stores, Home Depot, Lowe's, wherever, and uh, just place it on the spot. If it pegs the meter, you've got a wet spot. If there's nothing uh, on there, then you may have may have a stain. So let's say you've gone through all this. You've determined that you have a true stain, and now you want to determine uh, you know, what to do, you know, what, what, do, what do you do next? Some detective work, if you will. We said, ask the customer, uh, we can do some detective work as we, as we had mentioned. So let's say you don't know what it is, or you do know, it really doesn't matter. I'm going to discuss, there's three basic types of stains. Out of all the stains that are out there, there are three basic types. There's organic stains, there's inorganic stains, and there's a subcategory of the inorganic stains that I like to con uh, call metal stains and actually on the organic there's also a subcategory there so let's take each one of those individually so i can help you determine what to use to actually uh r remove those remove those stains and then we're going to get into what a poultice is and how to poultice them out and that that reversal process if you will uh let me stop here for a minute though and give out the phone number one more time it's 323 8703968 that's 3238703968 if you're listening here on Facebook uh just go ahead and send me a comment in the comment sections or feel free to call in and as a matter of fact uh in a bit minute I'm going to say ready set go and the third caller okay the third caller that calls in I'm going to give them one of my new ultimate stain removal kits uh these contain the three reagents so again I not yet but I'll tell you when to call in, numbers 323-870-3968. Okay, so let's go back to the stain types. Let's take the first type, which is organic stains. Organic stains are nothing more than what was living or once living. So this would primarily be your food stains. Ketchup, that was a tomato plant. Wine, that was a grape, mighty fine grape. Uh, at that. So most most food stains, uh, actually all, all food stains for that matter, are considered organic. There is a subcategory of organic stains, which I like to call biological stains. And what biological stains are, are actively living stains. In other words, your algae, your mold, your mildew, lichens, fungus, those are actual living organisms. And those are part of the organic uh, organic. Uh, a category, but the same reagent can be used for both the food organic stains as well as these biological stains stains as well. Second type of stain uh, you're going to be dealing with is inorganic stains, and inorganic stains are going to be non-living. These are going to be synthetic things such as ink, toner ink being the first one I could think of, which can be a real problem. Not not organic, but inorganic ink. Uh, you could have, <coughs> excuse me, things like. Um, a uh, metal, but I'm going to classify metal as a third as a third stain here in a second. But uh, you know, rust, iron, aluminum, uh, things of that nature. A lot of your polymers, epoxy coatings, uh, poly, polyester coat, or polyester, polyurethane coatings, things of that nature are all considered 
inorganic-based stains. And then the third type that we, it's really a subcategory of an inorganic stain, but we kind of classify it as a third type because the reagents follow that, this line of thinking, is the metal stains. This would be your iron, your rust, your aluminum, your, your bronze, your copper. As a matter of fact, I was having lunch today and I was looking at this fountain where I was eating and it was just, I, I could never understand why architects and designers put bronze, copper tubing on fountains with stone because they always turn green. And I actually took a picture of it and uh, I'll probably put that up there on my, what I call my failure Friday that I do every Friday. If you're not familiar with that, uh, uh, subscribe to my Stone Forensics Facebook page and you'll you'll see that every Friday we, we stick a, a second failure up there. Okay, so those are the basic three stains and there are reagents and chemicals, if you will, that you can use to remove them. But the chemical alone is not enough, right? You need to use what is called a poultice. So what is a poultice? Let me go back and recap. In order to remove a stain, we have to somehow process. In other words, we, we, we've got a stain, let's go back to our Kool-Aid example, where we have the Kool-Aid is sitting inside the stone or concrete or whatever, and we need to somehow place a chemical on there that's gonna react with that dye, but just reacting with it is not enough. It's just not gonna disappear. We have to actually somehow suck it out. Well, putting a vacuum cleaner on top of it's not going to work. What you need is something that's absorbent. You need something that's that's going to absorb it back out once it reacts with a chemical, and that's what we call a poultice. What is a poultice? What are the materials of a poultice? You can use something like flour. Uh, one of my favorite poultice materials as an extremely absorbent material is known as diatomaceous earth, and this is uh, those of you that have swimming pool filters should be real familiar with this because a lot of the swimming pool filters use these. They're little tiny white diatoms. You can buy these at any uh, buy a bag of diatomaceous earth at any pool supply pool supply house. Uh, you can buy prepackaged poultices uh, that a lot of the companies like 10X, Aquamix, uh, Miracle Seals, all, all these companies sell these prepackaged poultices, which already have the chemicals mixed in them as well. You can use those. I've used paper towels. I've used cotton balls. I've used females' feminine products. I used baby diapers. Anything that has any kind of absorbency to it can be considered a poultice. So what the poultice does is it it sits on top of the stain, and we're going to describe this entire process in a minute. The chemical goes in, reacts with the staining material, and as the poultice is drying, it's sucking it out. Now, the best way to envision that is to imagine taking a bowl of water and taking a paper towel and just wadding up that paper towel and just sticking it partway in the water. What happens to the water? You can actually see it wick up into the paper towel, but only if the paper towel is dry. If the paper towel were wet, it wouldn't wick up, right? But since it's dry, it's wicking up. That's what a poultice does. And actually, that's a very important step is that poultice has to be dry in order for the wicking to actually start taking place. So with that, I'm going to describe here in a second uh, how to apply a poultice. Uh, but before I do, let me go ahead and uh, play this ad and it will be right, right after this. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains, Toughskin guarantees it will not. Toughskin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate products. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. 
People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tough Skin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F skinprotection.com to learn more. Alrighty, folks, I'm back. And if you were watching on Facebook here, you probably didn't hear that that commercial because I haven't quite figured out how to sync the audio yet. But uh, anyway, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, you, you would have been able to hear it. Okay, so now what we're going to do, uh, again, the phone number, 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968 if you have a question to call in. Uh, also going to be giving away that stain kit here in a minute. So uh, stay tuned. Don't go away anywhere. Uh, let's talk about how to actually apply the poultice. And okay, we've gone through the identification process. And by the way, if you don't know what the stain is, in my book, The Stain Removal Procedure, which is, which is an ebook, which you get with the stain kit, it has a whole procedure on there and how to remove an unknown stain without causing it to be, be permanent. So that's something you might want to check out. But let's say you've identified the stain. What's the first thing you're going to do? Well, first thing you're going to do is identify the stain, right? The second thing you're going to do is try cleaning it off. I mean, you know, take a little bit of acetone, uh, a little bit of soap and water and see if it'll come off. And you may be surprised in many cases that stain uh, will come right off. I, I remember years ago I was called in because someone had sprayed spray paint all over this white marble lobby, white marble lobby. And the contractor was just fit to be tied. He said, oh, my God, how are we going to get these stains out? We've tried everything. And he did. He tried acetone. He tried he tried everything. And I went in there and basically took a razor blade, just scraped it off, came right off. The reason his chemicals didn't work because when he was applying a chemical, it actually dissolved the stain and it soaked into the stone. But most spray paint now dries so fast. You know, you guys that use spray paint, you just spray it on there and it's dry in a touch within minutes. A lot of times it doesn't soak in. It's just sitting on the surface. So a, a, a good reason to try try scraping it off first, you know, and it's, if, if it's on a flat, you know, smooth surface, scrape it off, see if it scrapes off. Uh, if not, then go ahead and try, you know, a little soap and water, a little bit of acetone, maybe some isopropyl alcohol, and uh, and see if it comes out. Then you have to go to step two. Step two is, okay, let me go to the chemical that I need in order to remove it. You put that aside, whatever that chemical is. And then what you want to do is wet the stained area. Now, I'm going to explain to you why this is important and why a lot of people avoid doing this or not, not avoid doing this. They just don't do it. And that is, let's go back to the sponge example that I gave you a few minutes ago, right? We have that dry sponge. It has the stain on it. Now, if we take that wet poultice and we place it on that sponge, what's going to happen? The sponge is going to soak all that moisture out of that poultice, not only to where the stain is, but all through the entire sponge, right? You don't want that to happen. You want to try to isolate that. You want to try to isolate that stain. So by wetting the area, you actually fill the pores up. And when you apply the poultice, which we'll get to in a second, it's going to slowly wick in and basically allow the chemical in the poultice to stay longer and have more time to react to, to the stain. So very important to pre-wet the stain. Okay, so you pre-wet the stain. You don't need to flood it. Just, you know, wet it a little bit. Let it soak in, soak in a little bit. Now you go and you mix your poultice. And basically, you take your chemical, whether it's a reagent in a stain kit or whether it's a you go to a stain chart and it says to use whatever uh, you apply that 
to the poultice, you mix it in a bowl and you mix it to the consistency of like to say either like a, a creamy peanut butter or yogurt consistency, not too wet, not too dry. Then you want to apply it to the stain. <clears throat> you want to make sure that you overlap it by, by a quarter, at least a quarter of an inch. And then you want to cover it with a piece of plastic. And I, I use saran wrap. It, it can be anything plastic, cover it with plastic. You can tape it down if you wish so it doesn't blow away. If it happens to be in an area that's windy, uh, do not use duct tape. Uh, use a, a low contact tape like the painter's blue tape or whatever. And then you want to punch holes in the plastic. And the reason you want to punch holes in the plastic, that is if you completely seal that off, that poultice off, it may never dry. Uh, in some climates, like here in Florida, where it's very humid, we don't even cover them because it's so humid, it, it, it's, it's not a problem. But, you know, if you're in a very dry climate like Nevada, Arizona, uh, somewhere, you may want to cover it to allow it to, to not dry too quickly. Punching the holes in it allows it to dry, but not to dry very, very fast. You want to let that poultice sit for a minimum of 12 hours. The longer, the better. So, you know, good 24 hours. After that time period, you want to remove the plastic and look at the poultice. Is it dry? If it's not dry, make sure it's dry. Now, here's one secret. After that time period, if it's not dry, you can usually take a hair dryer and just uh, just dry it that way and let it, let it dry because that drying is extremely important. Remember, you need to be able to wick up, wick up that, that material. And then examine the stained area. Is the stain gone? Uh, if it's not gone, uh, then you've either chosen the wrong chemical or it's not going to come out. If it's a little bit gone, if you're seeing some lightening of the stain, then you're probably going to have to apply another application. And, you know, there, there's been some some really tough stains like, <coughs> excuse me, black magic marker, for example, what, that I have uh, applied, you know, up to 10 or more stain uh, poultices to in order to pull them out. So if you're getting some progress, you just have to go back and reapply them, reapply them, reapply them, and, and reapply them. And that's it, folks. I mean, that's what your poulticing is. That's how you remove most of your stains. And that'll work on stone. It'll work on concrete, you know, removing the oil out of your driveway, uh, you know, brick, anything that has any kind of porosity to it. I'd be a little leery about using it on clothing because some of the chemicals that I'm going to recommend uh, in the book and in the stain, stain kit is, uh, is not what you want to use on clothing because you could actually bleach the clothing and you don't want to do that. So if it's a hard surface, you know, tile, concrete, brick, uh, stone of any kind, then, then, then you're completely safe. All right, I'm almost ready to uh, give out the phone number here. And uh, let me go ahead and get the phone number out and tell you what you need to do to, uh, to, to win this, uh, this stain removal kit. It's 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. And I'll take the third caller to win one of my one of my stain kits. Um, all right, let's talk about some of the issues that you run into uh, with stain removal and, and some of the problems and some of the some of the tricks, uh, if if you will. The first one being, and, and we've we've kind of hinted to this, and that is when you take the poultice off and you you look at that particular area, and now the stain looks larger. In other words, it has the outline of the actual where the poultice was. And you say, oh my God, I think I've made the stain worse or it's gotten darker. Chances are that's not what happened. Chances are what you're seeing is the stone or the brick or the concrete, whatever, is still wet. It's still a little moist. Okay. So if you see that, if you see that happening, here's the trick. Here's the secret to removing that. It will eventually dry out, but you may have to wait a week or more. You don't want to do that. 
is take some dry poultice powder. So that can either be flour, that can be, uh, uh, it could be your, uh, not, not your flour, your diatomaceous earth and just kind of sprinkle it on there. Okay, we've got a calls coming in right now and I'm going to stop here in a second. Give everybody a minute here and I've got my first caller. I've got my second caller and I've got my third caller and let's get that person in here. And who are we talking to? Are you talking to me? I'm talking to you, 702 area code. This is this is your buddy Medina. Hey, James, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you, too. Yeah, um, sure, absolutely. So so uh, the question is, okay, so a, a customer of, uh, that I knew, actually, was a good friend of mine, they put uh, like a gray, I can't remember what kind of limestone it was, in their bathroom. Okay. The wife had a mascara that stained ah. the countertop. Gotcha. Can you, can you talk about that? Yeah, let me I let mean, me I repeat. To interrupt what you were going to talk about. Oh no 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 that yeah, no that's perfect that that's perfect. Now, let me repeat the question because if you're if the people on Facebook can't hear you, <laughs> so okay. Uh, basically no what basically what what James is asking here is um, they, they've got some kind of gray countertop, some type of stone I, I would imagine. It, a, it looked like a, it looked like a limestone. A limestone, yeah. okay. It's a, it's a limestone yeah. of some kind, and uh, uh, the wife got some mascara on it, uh, makeup real common problem. And then this is a problem that occurs all the time. Uh, I would probably use a solvent of some kind uh, in a poultice, obviously. So, you know, you're talking, what do I mean by a solvent? Uh, something like mineral spirits, benzene, naphtha, uh, a paint thinner, if you will. So, you know, going to Home Depot or Lowe's, you pick uh-huh. up some paint thinner and apply that into a poultice. Because a, a lot of those makeups are are uh, you know what else works really well, believe it or not, in a poultice, but it's it's kind of expensive is makeup remover. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know well, what women use, uh, but, like but they they have them in in um those towelettes too, right? The makeup remover, but they also make it yep. in a, a liquid form as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yep. And you have to go into like a Sally's Beauty Supply or whatever the beauty supply is there and ask for the liquid uh-huh. makeup remover. And all those are solvents, are mild solvents. So a lot of yeah. times you can mix them in a poultice and uh, and they'll work as well. So okay, give it a I shot. My question. There you All go. Right. <laughs> and you want the stain kit too, so I'll send I'll send you oh, one. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's I got so your tough. address. So <laughs> I'll send you one. Thanks, James. Okay. Talk All to right, you later, buddy. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, uh, well, James, all the way from Las Vegas. Well, actually, I think he lives in Henderson. Uh, but anyway, so. Uh, Back to what I was talking about with the with the spots um, is apply a dry poultice and let that set. And what's going to happen is that dry poultice is going to wick the remaining moisture out of the out of the stone or concrete or whatever. And uh, then you can then and only then can you look at it and say, oh, the stain is gone or, well, it's a little bit gone. And, you know, we, we need to re, uh, uh, reapply the poultice again. So uh, really important. Uh, okay, uh, I want to mention for you fabricators and you restoration guys out there that run into this blue-green, uh, what they call a bloom that occurs. And this usually occurs when a fabricator uses what they call CA glue. CA glue is, is, is a cyanoacrylate glue uh, for the non-chemical people. That's super glue. 
And it, but it's not the glue that turns it this bluish green. It's the accelerator that they use. And those of you unfamiliar with that process, they would take this glue, they would put it in a seam or a repair, and they would put this aerosol or sometimes it's a pump spray on there. And what will happen is it'll harden up that glue almost immediately. And you'll end up with this green, sometimes bluish type type stain, which is almost impossible to get out. Uh, just so happens there are kits out there uh, that are made to remove that particular stain specifically. Uh, 10X makes one, for those of you familiar with 10X, T-E-N-A-X. Uh, there, there's um, their particular product is called T-E Blossom. Uh, their website, I believe, is 10XUSA.com, but just do a Google search and you'll find it on there. Uh, Braxton also carries a kit uh, called Blue Be Gone. Uh, which works specifically for for that particular type 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 of stain as well. All right, so some of the other issues that we run into, um, and this is one I had mentioned on my my promo for this particular show earlier, and that is, let's say you've got a project where you have to do an entire wall. Uh, it's a large wall, and I actually did one of these many years ago inside a historic building. It was all white marble, and there was literally thousands of square feet of this this marble, and it had all this yellowing stain to it. And what this yellowing stain was was nicotine. It was back in the day before the smoking ban where people used to just smoke inside and get all this yellow staining. Well, in order to remove it, and we were able to remove some of it with just you know typical cleaners, but there was there was a lot that wouldn't come out. We actually needed a poultice. And I'm sitting there, God, this is gonna be a nightmare trying to remove all of these uh all of these stains by, you know, troweling on poultice. It's gonna take us forever to do it. Then I got the idea is what if I took a and if you don't know what these are, if you're unfamiliar with stucco like I am here in, in Florida and uh, you guys, if you're listening from the Southwest, probably under, uh, know what that is. It's a, it's a, looks like a paint spray gun, but it has a big hopper on it. It hooks up to an air compressor, and you basically put your poultice in there and you spray it on. So it's like, uh, it's like a million spitballs being thrown on the wall at the same time, and uh, it works real effectively. So if you have to do a very, very large area, just go out and get yourself a stucco spray gun. They're relatively cheap. You can buy them online. You can buy them at Harbor Freight. Uh, Home Depot or or whatever, hook it up to a small air compressor. You don't need a big air compressor for it. And uh, you you what you will have to do is you will have to uh, play around with the consistency. You may find you have to make the poultice uh, combination just a little bit um, more fluid or wetter, if you will, than you than you normally would if you're just applying it on a particular on a particular spot. So go ahead and give that a try. All right, I'm still taking questions. Three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight and if you do have a question, I'll have to repeat it if you're listening on Facebook because, again, I haven't figured out how to how to mesh these two audios together. If you guys know how to do that, let send me an email. Let me know. Oh, and by the way, my email is f-h-u-e-s-t-o-n at gmail.com. All right, I'm going to come back with a with a few other tips right after this. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, MB Stone Care, Bondstone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net. That's ESPSales.net. All righty, folks, we're back. Uh, one of the things, uh, calls I get all the time on stain removal is, you know, how do I know that that yellow stain, that reddish stain, that, you know, brownish stain is actually iron? Is there a positive way 
to test to tell whether or not it's iron or not. And there is. Uh, there's a product out there by uh, Alpha Professional Tools. Uh, those of you guys are in the business probably know who that is. They make a, a product called RSR2000, RSR Rust Stain Removal 2000. It's a little gel. Looks looks like it comes in a big toothpaste tube, and it's real stinky. It smells terrible. Uh, just make sure if you use it, you tell your customer that you didn't eat tacos last night because that's the kind of smell it has. And uh, just place a dot of it on, on the on the on the stained area. Wait a couple of minutes, and if it turns purple, if it's, you see it starting to turn purple, uh, sometimes it'll turn look like a, a dark maroon. But if it starts turning color, it's a positive indication for iron. So now you can go to your to your test kit, or, or not your test kit. I'm sorry, your your stain removal kit, and pull out the proper uh, chemical for uh, for that. So. Uh, like I said in the very beginning, uh, stain removal is not an exact science. There's a lot to it, but there's a lot of good information out there. Uh, I'm going to add, uh, <clears throat> talk about one other thing, and that is this brand new e-learning course uh, that's coming up. Um, it's already live. It's on surfaces. Surfaces are spelled S-U-R-P-H-A-C-E-S, not with an F. Uh, surfaces, think of pH of, of water. Just go on there. Go to the little tab up above that says e-learning, and you can register to listen to that. Uh, that lecture, which I happen to give, uh, a lot more detailed than what we're talking uh, talking talking about here. So uh, something to definitely definitely check out. Also, uh, my new stain kit. You know, uh, let me talk a little bit about that. I don't want this to turn into a long commercial, uh, but it's something I've been toying with for a number of years, and I've I've never really wanted to sell one, but. Uh, everybody's twist on my arm, Fred. You need to put these chemicals together because I've, you know, of all the chemicals that I've recommended over the years, I've narrowed them down to three that I use constantly, and 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 these are actually blends and, and some blends that I've actually come up with myself. So there's three basic chemicals in this stain kit. So if you want the stain kit along with the ebook, uh, go ahead and send me an email, f h u e s t o n at gmail dot com, and I'll go ahead and get you one. If you want to uh, uh, call me. Uh, the phone number, my personal uh, cell phone number is 321-514-6845. That's 321-514-6845. Uh, I just got another question in here, which is which is kind of good, which is uh, staining on Carrara from anchors on exterior panels. <laughs> I, I see this a lot. And here's uh, here's the thing. I, I, I teach this in my in my my classes all the time. And that is in order to solve a problem, this probably applies to any problem that, that you have, you've got to understand what caused the problem to begin with. So let's talk about anchors. You know, for those of you unfamiliar with that, you know, exterior panels on a wall usually set with anchors. Hopefully they're stainless steel anchors, but not all the time. Uh, a lot of times they're, they're anchors that begin to rust. And what happens is the rust starts coming through. Well, I can give you a rust remover and I can give you a poultice and I can say, go in there and try to remove these rust stains. But guess what? They're probably not going to come out because you're continuing to pull the rust through. So it's one of those situations where you have to remove the anchors, which means you have to remove the stone. Now, you may get lucky and, you know, the rust may come out somewhat, but I'll guarantee you it will eventually come back. So uh, that's how you deal with it. Now, you can have the opposite. Uh, occur. And that is sometimes if they have used a stainless steel anchor and they'll put a little dab of silicone next to it, sometimes the silicone will bleed. And silicone bleeding can, can, be, a, can be a real problem. And that's going to require a, uh, 
uh, a solvent as well in order to, re to remove the silicone stain. And again, if you haven't removed all the silicone, if the silicone hasn't totally cured, uh, you, you've got a problem. Alrighty, folks. So that's my lecture for, uh, for for this week. Hopefully the audios came out a little bit better than it did last week. I'm going to head and just go ahead and delete that that one because uh, the one I did last week because the audio was was horrible. So we're going to call this one the secrets to stain removal. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody uh, for listening. And uh, until next time, keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone, and fabricating those tops. Later, my friends, catch everybody next week. When, oh, by the way, uh, we're going to be interviewing Jim Hebe with the Natural Stone Institute about how he's going to help uh, your restoration contractors out there. So make sure you tune in next Wednesday uh, for that as well. See everybody next week. Are you tired of lugging dozens of stain removal chemicals around to remove stains from stone, tile, or concrete? Did you know you only need three chemicals to remove almost any stain? From organic stains to inorganic stains, Dr. Fred's Ultimate Stain Removal Kit is all you need. The kit contains three reagents and includes a detailed ebook on how to remove almost any stain. So if you're trying to remove difficult ink or rust or simply coffee and other food stains, this kit is all you need. To order, contact Dr. Fred at 321-514-6845. One kit is $69.95 plus shipping. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.